29th episode of Decoding Fox News, and I'm your host, Juliet Jeske. Each week, I watch and analyze this past week. It was drumroll. Prepare yourself. 26 hours of Fox News and then break it down. I watch all the Fox News you'd never want to. Let's get into it. So the headline simply, Fox News, Hunter Biden is the most important story in the world. Damn it. Not hard to see that there's a two-tiered system of justice in this country. Well, look, uh, I, like tens of millions of Americans, is concerned Uh, As I said on that prior program about a two-tiered system of justice, like one set of rules for Republicans and one set of rules for Democrats. We need to destroy this two-tier system of justice. Liberal media hyenas, they continue to deny that there are two tiers in our justice system. But the fact remains, two tiers of justice. If you're Hunter Biden, the deep deep state, they cover up your crime. Matthew, good to have you. I mean, how can you deny at this point the two tiers of justice are, are you you know the 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 example of the two-tiered system of justice is really the individuals and it's not the the celebrities you know we've heard their names but it's the individuals whose names you will never know our two-tiered system of justice has never been this egregious federal government has a two-tiered justice system they don't if we have a two-tiered justice system we might as well take that document known as our constitution and shred it because it's meaningless you know that the department of justice obviously kind of is a two-tiered system right that's just proof that we have a two-tiered justice system donald trump and so many other investigations that demonstrate a two-tiered system of justice and oh there's no two-tiered system of justice this isn't a sweetheart deal they're talking about a two-tiered system of justice Tammy Bruce was the last voice in that little montage, and um, she's still one of my favorites. She's not that well-known outside of anyone who doesn't watch Fox News, but Tammy Bruce, Tammy Bruce, she's just always on the brink of having a meltdown. How dare you? I'm Tammy Bruce. I sub for Hannity. Nobody else really hires me, but Hannity does, and God bless him for that. God bless him. That's, That's my imitation of Tammy Bruce. She's just always on the brink. Always on the brink of like, is she going to throw something across the studio? I don't know. So Fox News, last week, we had a lot of news. Oh, Lord in heaven. I'm agnostic, but I was raised Catholic. So certain phrases will fly out of my mouth sometimes. So yes, we had a lot of news. Brett Bear had a pretty hilarious interview with the former president, Donald J. Trump. Things were going smoothly for the most part. This Hunter Biden story was the number one thing pushed on Fox. Nowhere else was it. But on Fox, it was of utmost importance. And I was catching up. It was touchy with the Brett Bear situation, but I was catching up. And I thought, here we go. We're going to do this. We're going to make it happen. I'm going to actually sort of get a weekend. No, I did not. Because Friday night, there was the uh, Wagner Rebellion kind of attempted coup, almost a civil war, mutiny, whatever you want to call it. And I was like, well, I got to grab this because Fox was blatantly ignoring it. And I'm like, okay, this is a story in and of itself. So there is a link to that podcast and that newsletter in this newsletter, if you want to check it out. I had to redo some of the graphs. This is so frustrating. I published it. It looked great. And then for some reason, uh, Substack dropped a couple of the graphs and screwed up a little bit of the formatting, which is so frustrating from my end because I spent hours on that. So I went back, cleaned it up. If you'd like to see it with all of the graphs, please check it out. Um, 
So basically, Fox News is still more determined than ever to ruin Biden's presidency with scandalous images from a laptop that Hunter Biden most likely abandoned at a repair shop while he was in the throes of addiction. The Fox To Fox News, it's the most important story in the world, and the network is incensed that no one else seems to agree, besides maybe right-wing media. So the network has turned out multiple documentaries solely dedicated to the lurid laptop on Fox Nation. Fox has milked every last drop from the cash cow that is the ill-fated MacBook until the udder has run dry. In some ways, Hunter Biden handed them a treasure trove of material. He taped himself uh, having phone calls. He left thousands of text messages and emails. He rambled about his various traumas and self-confessionals. And most notoriously, he created videos of himself smoking crack cocaine and having sex with prostitutes. The correspondence revealed scraps of information of mostly failed business deals and lots of fights with his beleaguered ex-wife. Throughout all of it, Hunter Biden comes across as an entitled, self-pitying, monstrous brat, much like most actively using drug addicts in denial. Like, it's not unique. If If you've had a family member who's actively using and is an addict, oh my goodness, it is a frustrating person to deal with. So the problem with Fox's plan to destroy Hunter's father with the embarrassing festival of cringe is none of it has linked Hunter or Joe Biden to any crimes. Since I'm six minutes in, I should give a shout out to my sponsor, the Townite Center for News Integrity at the Craig Newmark Graduate School of Journalism at CUNY. I am a proud graduate of that program. And they pay me via a grant. It's a very humble grant. This is a micro-budget project. That grant will be ending in August. So I'm slowly getting to the point that I can become 100% um, listener and reader-supported. You guys also help keep this going. For the moment, I've taken all the income that I've gotten from Substack and Patreon, and I've put it in a separate account to help me transition to eventually becoming 100% supported by people like yourself who are listening to this right now, which would be amazing because if I am listener supported, I can kind of do whatever I want, including whatever you guys want to hear and whatever people want me to cover, I can cover that without an overlord from a corporation telling me I can't. Um, This project's also a little dicey for some media companies to touch because I am kind of Uh, attacking another media company and that is seen as kind of problematic in the industry so I kind of painted myself into a corner a little bit but I'm okay with that I knew what I was getting myself into when I took this project on I sort of designed it so um that's it I don't want to talk too much if you can't become a financial supporter of this project that's fine I totally understand the second best thing that you can do is share the podcast share the newsletter tell your friends So now back to the newsletter. Um, I just want to point out that the crimes that Hunter Biden has admitted to committing were not discovered in the laptop. That is crucial. As much as Fox News wants to make out of this laptop, it was not discovered in the laptop. So last week, Hunter Biden pleaded guilty to two counts of willful failure to pay federal income tax and entered into what's a pre-trial diversion agreement with the firearm charge. So basically he lied on a gun form. He will serve no prison time and wasn't even temporarily held in jail. 
Hunter Biden paid the taxes he owed two years ago, and he's openly admitted about lying about his drug use on the gun application. So the incident with the gun, where his then romantic partner tossed the gun into a dumpster, was a major plot point in Hunter's published memoir. Like, he has not hidden this at all. Part of the reason Hunter failed to pay his taxes for two years was due to the death of his longtime accountant. When Hunter got sober, he filed his returns and he paid the IRS what he owed. So as I go through the media clips, I'll slowly, slowly unravel what Fox was so worked up about with Hunter Biden last week. I mean, of course, they were angry that he didn't do any prison time and they didn't even serve time in jail. Jail being like the temporary holding place before you go to prison. But um, this clip is from The Five. It's from the beginning of the week. This is Jessica Tarloff, our hero, the liberal voice on The Five, sort of debunking some of the Hunter Biden nonsense. So to try to tackle all the points that everybody made, which were aplenty. So what Hunter is not guilty of is being a Republican, but there's a Republican very closely allied with Trump named Roger Stone, who did worse than Hunter Biden. So he tax evaded $2 million, not $1.2 million, $2 million. And guess what happened? He was allowed to pay it back and he wasn't even criminally charged. Hunter Biden, criminally charged, could face probation. Roger Stone, top guy to Donald Trump, skates free on that. It seems. Wait, didn't they raid his house? Yeah, I was just going to say, isn't he the guy? I, that I was. Went in I'm talking about being criminal. No, you you say guns are blazing about everyone just because someone is carrying a gun. No one shot up any houses. Oh. No one was forced out of their house. That was and their the one where they tipped off CNN though to be yeah, there. Yeah, the, the, oh, the, the huge crime of having CNN there. Okay. But, so, but if you look at the DOJ records about how often what Hunter Biden did is actually charged, it's basically nil. 2019, there were 290 ca 98 cases brought of people falsifying their gun application records out of 27 million background checks that were completed. That's the year that Hunter Biden got that weapon. That means that this is something that doesn't get charged. If you want to say to the DOJ you should be charging on this, go ahead and do that. But there's no reason that Hunter Biden should be the exception to this. In terms of David Weiss, who you say was hand-selected by the Democrats, Donald Trump said he's someone who shares his vision for making America safe again. That is a quote from Donald Trump. He that is not a quote. Read that, that was put in front of him. So he's a completely disingenuous No, because fool not everybody no selects control. all of their prosecutors in all 50 the, states, Jessica. How do I know that and you not? You know a lot of things that I don't know because they're made up, invented in your head. So I want yeah, I thought her dig at the end there was sort of perfect because it's true. Because I, I, out of all of the hosts on uh, Fox News, Jesse Waters is the most likely to just, you can kind of tell, just make something up on the spot that he can't back up. And it's painful to watch. Like my favorite was he said... Hillary Clinton had millions of documents in her suburban home. And he, that's the actual quote, millions of documents, not millions of documents on a server, which she didn't even have that or, you know, emails where she didn't have millions of emails either. But he said millions of documents, meaning like paper documents, whatever. He just pulls stuff out of thin air, looks into a camera and says it with confidence. I, I the man, and, and you know, he just got promoted too. He's going to take Tucker's old slot, which will be starting like mid-July. And I just go, okay, Fox, if you want another sexual harassment suit, go for it. Because this man constantly says horrible things about women on camera. And he met his second wife at work. 
So good luck with that while he was married to wife number one. Anyway, we won't get into that. That's a whole other thing. So Jessica Charlotte kind of laid it out there, broke it down. Um, we're going to move on to Hannity. Uh, and this is also kind of at the start of the week a little bit. And this was another common theme on Fox that everybody and their mother kept doing, where they would say, well, what about, what about, what about? And they just pick on various celebrities who had been busted for tax evasion or lying on a gun form or whatever. And my favorite briefly before we get into this clip is they would talk about Wesley Snipes. Now I'm going to, hopefully it'll come out this week because I got a clip yesterday from Ansley Einhardt on Fox and Friends. It's going to take a while for me to unravel. But Wesley Snipes is probably the worst person to use as, uh, well, Wesley Snipes went to prison? Okay, Wesley Snipes did not pay taxes for several years, and he owed millions of dollars. When he was finally um, confronted and, like, the IRS is like, okay, so, like, what's your defense? He was, cannot make this up. Wesley Snipes was like, I'm a sovereign citizen, and your laws do not apply to me. And a lawyer actually thought that was a good idea and they went to court and they tried to argue that and well that is probably the dumbest thing you could do (laughs) when owing the IRS money because you know they don't like that they're like no you are a citizen of the United States and you got to pay taxes now what Hannity does in this clip is kind of similar in that he compares Hunter Biden to um another person who's like a celebrity who lied on a gun form He just leaves out a lot of details. Now, you're going to hear my voice in this clip, and I'm going incredibly quickly through a whole string of crimes that this person committed. Biden's sweetheart deal is now inviting comparisons to a number of other high-profile cases where the penalties were far more severe. For example, rapper Kodak Black, he was sentenced to more than three years in prison. I believe it was 46 months for for lying on a gun application. Now, that would be pretty much exactly what Hunter Biden was accused of doing it. Well, Kodak was not offered a pretrial diversion program, and he walks away scot-free in two years. So prior convictions have a lot to do with the length of sentencing, and Kodak Black had a lot of prior convictions. His real name was Dusane Octave. This is from Miami New Times. October 2015, arrest for kidnapping, battery, and other charges. December 2015, arrest for marijuana possession. February 2016, arrest for sexual battery. April 2016, arrest for weapons possession. May 2016, arrested for open warrants related to the previous charge of false imprisonment and armed robbery. August 2016, his charge of criminal sexual misconduct changed to sexual battery. February 2017, arrest for violating house arrest, assaulting a bartender. April and May of 2017, he was accused of grabbing his anger management counselor by the arm after she threatened to call 911 when he refused to leave a session. January 2018, arrest for weapons and drug possession, child neglect. April and May of 2019, arrest for weapons possession. November 2019, federal prison sentencing. Kodak pleaded guilty to the federal weapons charge, admitting he gave false information in connection with the January 2019 gun purchase. January 2021, then-President Donald J. Trump pardoned Kodak. April 2021, sexual assault case yields probation. He pleaded guilty to a lesser charge and received a suspended 10-year sentence. He he was placed on 18 months of probation. January 2022, Kodak Black was arrested on a trespassing charge. July 2022, 
Police found 31 oxycodone pills in his car. February 2023, Kodak allegedly violated his bail terms by failing to show up to a drug test and later testing positive for fentanyl. He participated in a drug rehabilitation program under an arrangement with the court, and his pretrial detention terms were reinstated. So Kodak Black is a bit of a child prodigy in terms of his career in that he was only 12 years old when he first started having success, and that probably messed him up a little bit, much like a child actor. So... The crimes that I just listed started at age 18, alleged crimes, I should say, started at age 18. Um, so he's a deeply troubled young man who keeps getting in trouble. And he's had several arrests after he was pardoned by Donald J. Trump. So to compare this person who had a sexual battery uh, charge on his rap sheet with somebody like Hunter Biden is just is kind of it's an apple and an orange. It shouldn't be done. Um, Hunter Biden's had a lot of problems himself. Maybe he should have been arrested for various things in the past. Anyone could argue that, but he wasn't. And in the criminal justice system, having a long rap sheet of uh, not only committing crimes, but not adhering to the rules of your probation, which is in the case of Kodak Black, you see that over and over again. I actually truncated that list. It was longer. Um a judge is going to not view that very favorably. Like if a, if a prior judge said, this is what you have to do for your probation, and then you don't follow those rules, that's not going to be seen well by any court. And, you know, best of luck to Kodak Black. I hope he gets the help he needs because he definitely needs help. It sounds like he's got addiction problems, serious anger management problems, and other issues. Hunter Biden was also a train wreck, but he didn't have you know, charge after charge after charge. The other thing that hurt Kodak Black is the frequency of those criminal charges. The fact that they're just coming one right after the other. So this next clip is about a text message that was allegedly sent by Hunter Biden to a Chinese business person on WhatsApp. And you only get this one text message. There's no other context. And I've seen various people say it's been verified or it's not been verified. I don't know. Uh, however, everyone on Fox acted like this was proof that I'm going to list it. Biden knew, uh, what his son was doing. Biden was deeply involved in his son's business dealings. Biden lied when he said he wasn't part of his business dealings. This, this text does not prove any of that. Um, but everybody on Fox was going to still act like this was the smoking gun, the new evidence that would prove it all and destroy everybody. So this clip starts with Will Kane reading this bit of evidence and then Brian Kilmeade accidentally kind of destroying their argument. Here you go. That between the man sitting next to me and every person he knows and my ability to forever hold a grudge that you will regret not following my direction, I'm sitting here waiting for the call with my father. So, I'm sitting here with my father. They could say, well, you know, he made it up. He was on crack, was with hookers, barely had clothes on. Or the fact is that he felt comfortable doing that. So I thought that was so hilarious because I had been yelling that at my screen every time people would bring this up. I'm like, he's an addict. He's a using addict. He is about as unreliable as a person could get. If you've dealt with a using addict, I laugh because it's, I'm laughing to keep from crying. So this is my way of coping. But if you've ever dealt with a using addict, my goodness, they will drive you crazy. 
They will lie about everything. They will gaslight you. They will make up reality. They will look in your face and say, I didn't say that when you're showing them a tape recording of them saying something. They'll be like, that's not real. And you're like, what do you think I have advanced technology over here to create a, you know, deep fake video of you saying the following? And they will look at you with a straight face and be like, how dare you? I can't make this up. Um, we Again, I don't mean to make light of this. I'm, it's sort of a nervous laugh on my part because it's just so incredibly frustrating. So basically, Brian Kilmeade just gave Hunter Biden's lawyer's um, explanation for that because Hunter Biden's lawyer basically said he was an actively using addict. He would say crazy stuff all the time. Now, I've seen actual elected officials go on Fox News and say, well, if we can find the GPS coordinates of uh, President Biden from that day, we can prove that he was sitting on the sofa next to Hunter Biden. Okay, even if you could, which they won't be able to do that, but even if they could, they would still have to prove that Joe Biden knew what his son sent in a text, approved of it. (laughs) and was like, yes, I'm on board with that, which is impossible. You could not, unless you were in the room and saw this happen live, you couldn't prove this. So it's horribly unethical if Hunter Biden did send that tweet and it's awful if he did that, but that's still not illegal. And Biden was not vice president or president at the time that the text was sent. It's horribly unethical though. It's sleazy. It's terrible. I'm not a fan of Hunter Biden. But it's not illegal. So that's the problem. It's not illegal. So um, next up, we've got another one of Jessica Tarloff. And I included this one. It's kind of a confusing clip. But I thought it was important to include because it sort of shows how this will never end. They will just keep piling on more and more. It's This, this is but her emails uh, 2.0. It's just never going to stop. So this is... And you kind of get a sense, too, of how hard this is for Jessica Tarloff to even get through it. James Comer and Chuck Grassley, Jim Jordan, Nancy Mace have all gone on TV and talked about things like this. And it's a very intricate story. I I can't follow all of it. I I don't know all the names as well as you do, but I know that they haven't been able to produce the goods yet. We were promised tapes a week and a half ago by Chuck Grassley. No, well, I'm not asking about the tapes. I'm asking you about the whistleblowers. But I'm giving you a complete answer that will involve the whistleblowers. I just want to say, for the record, that the informant that Rudy Giuliani uh, talked about missing, Giuliani had to recant on that. Chuck Grassley. More highly respected than the rest of them talked about tapes. So we're going to go to the history of whistleblowers. So, okay, so let's get to Gary Shapley, one of your whistleblowers, the career guy. There are three core claims that he made about what went on that have already been refuted. First and foremost, he said that Garland lied to Congress, saying that Weiss had total authority. He did. I just told you he did. You don't United know that. States Weiss, attorney cannot it. make a decision. That's actually a separate going point of this. Through the United States Weiss, attorney, Weiss himself, told Jim Jordan on June 7th that that was not true, and that he did have complete authority. Of course, Second he's going to say the, that. He wants to keep his job at this point. He right, delivered the goods, just, which was to deliver no goods. Could you just let me get through it, and then you can keep going. The second point about this, he alleged. Shapley, that Weiss asked to be a special counsel, which you already talked about, and Garland has refuted that. If you want to just say that everybody in Christendom is a liar, that's one thing. 
But I'm going to trust the attorney general, especially one who testified under oath. Third point. Shapley alleges that there was political interference and that Weiss was denied the right to charge uh, Hunter Biden in D.C. Now the D.C. U.S. attorney got in touch, went to The Washington Post last night, and he said that's absolutely not true, that he could have been charged anywhere. So there was no political interference whatsoever. I have maintained from the beginning that if all of what you say is true and they're, you know, like the gaudies, that I will believe you if the facts are shown to me and I can actually see it and there are direct lines between all of this. That has not been done yet. So this Shapley character that she's referring to, Gary Shapley, is the whistleblower from the IRS. And she's just pointing out that three of the things that he said are incorrect. There's a number of people that other people have refuted it, that other people have evidence that say, absolutely not, this is not true. And there have been other people who have made wild claims about Biden that haven't actually pointed to anything concrete. Because anybody can make a claim. It's kind of similar to the document that James Comer desperately wanted to see, that the FBI had, and they let them see it in a skiff. The Congressional Committee, they let them see it in a skiff. And uh, they couldn't take pictures of it, couldn't take it out. And then they were screaming that this was like hardcore evidence. It was an oligarch that spoke to a trusted source that the U.S. Has, has dealt with for years. And the oligarch made wild claims about Biden and Hunter, but he had nothing to back them up. And there, supposedly there's there's um, audio tapes, but nobody has them. And, you know, again, this is just a lot of hearsay. Now, you'd think if somebody got bribed with $5 million and then somebody was an actively using addict and that person had a laptop that was an absolute disaster of a, a mess and he, for reasons that I will never understand, kept all of this information on the actual physical hard drive of the computer. Who does that? But whatever. And then you, you drop it off, you forget about it, and then that laptop ends up in the hands of the FBI and various other people. Wouldn't there be some evidence on that laptop that, oh, somebody paid me a $5 million bribe? There isn't. It's all like kind of smoke and mirrors and this and that. And it's just a lot of whatever. The one thing I will say that you do get across, having read the Hunter Biden uh, laptop garbage, is that he was an active using addict and he was a terrible business person. He had a similar breakdown with uh, a Mexican billionaire where he basically cussed the guy out because the guy had been um, bringing him to Mexico, whining and dining him, but not actually giving him any deals. And Hunter Biden, because he's volatile, because addicts are quite volatile, sent off some expletive-filled uh, email where he's like, I'm mad at you because you won't give me a business deal. And that's it. That was the whole thing. He didn't mention his dad. And then there was other times where he'd be like, this is it. This is our deal. We're going to finally make it. And the pattern that you see in the Hunter Biden laptop is deal after deal after deal after deal collapsed, didn't go anywhere. So it's a lot of talk, a lot of bravado, not a lot of what people at Fox News claim is on the laptop. So this next one is very short. This is Rachel Campos Duffy, also Hunter Biden. I just found this very funny. Um, and I, my preamble to it sort of sets it up. Mountains and mountains of evidence because Hunter Biden was a narcissist, an exhibitionist, um, and a self-entitled princeling. And so the, the evidence is plenty for them to do it's something. It's almost too much. It's almost too much. Um. So, like, too much evidence, which I find that very funny. Now, because they haven't found anything yet. 
Now, one thing that I'm going to address, because this is probably what she's talking about, uh, because I've gotten this from MAGA people on Twitter and MAGA people just in line on, online in general. You'll see this on my Facebook, whatever, is, and I'm going to give them my MAGA voice. And my MAGA voice is just sort of a general kind of voice. Um, I am from Missouri before anybody comes at me with like, how dare you? How dare you mock Southerners? But this is the voice. Um, here we go. Um, they'll be like, well, what about the hookers in the crack smoking? What about the hookers? He's having sex with hookers and smoking crack. Okay, that's my MAGA voice. He is. Indeed, he is. But here's how that works. <laughs> in order to prosecute him for crimes that were committed via videotape that are years old, you're not going to get anywhere with that. And there's a good reason why you're not. A prosecutor will have to go through every single image, every single video, and try to figure out the exact location and the exact date, and then they have to track down the woman that Hunter Biden is with in these clips. So the women are very clearly adults. They all look like they're easily in their 30s. They do not even look like borderline young. They look clearly like women who professionally do this and have plastic surgery and all of that. So, um, and that's fine. I'm not judging. I'm just saying that these do not look like young women at all. So um, you would have to find all these women. You'd have to uh, get them, you know, interview them the whole nine yards. Solicitation of prostitutes or sex workers is not generally criminally prosecuted. What happens is prosecutors will go after people running prostitution rings or running escort services that does happen. And every now and then an individual sex worker or a person who hires a sex worker will will be in, briefly incarcerated, might get probation, that sort of thing. But for the most part, it's just not prosecuted because it's adults with another adult. It's it's a lot of times there's very little drama. It's a lot of these women, I suspect, actually kind of work for themselves, especially with the Internet and other uh, tools. A lot of sex workers have get to a point where they don't have to work underneath anybody. Like they don't have somebody that they're giving a cut to. They can just negotiate a price with uh, a person who wants to pay them for sex and it's handled. Uh, now you could judge sex workers all you want, but you could say, oh, but it's illegal on the books. It technically is, but it's just not something that most people prosecute. And a prosecutor, if they don't think they're going to win a case, they're not going to even pursue it. And something like this would just be hard to pursue. And again, you know, in the grand scheme of things, they've got bigger things to worry about. The drug charges are even more specific. And now I talked to my sister about it and she, Jill Schaefer, attorney at law, uh, she has a practice in St. Louis. And she basically said, I'm paraphrasing her a little bit, in order to charge him for possessing drugs, the police would need to obtain the actual drugs and test them in a lab to prove that it was crack cocaine. People get charged for possession of drugs, not using them. His lawyer could argue that Hunter was pretending to use drugs and the prosecutor would have no evidence to prove that he wasn't. It's basically what it boils down to. You can't just have a video that's years old of somebody smoking crack and going, arrest him for smoking crack because it's just not how the law works. The cops would have to show up in the hotel room, get the crack, test the crack, prove it's crack, and then prosecute him for possessing crack. That's the actual charge. So, um, and if you notice, like when I read the Kodak Black charges, he got arrested, which this is kind of a ridiculous charge now, but in some states it's still illegal, for possessing marijuana. It wasn't for smoking marijuana. 
So this next clip is not about Hunter Biden, but they, they did actually report on other things last week. But this one is interesting because it's um, it kind of blew up all over social media. I put it on Twitter and other people picked it up and stuck it in videos and all kinds of craziness. And it was kind of perfect. Like Jesse Waters just sort of handed this to me. Just just here, make a video. And again, we're going to go back to Jessica Tarloff. So basically what happened was uh, Governor Ron DeSantis went to to California. He's the Florida governor, of course. He went to California, filmed a video, of, like a promo video from San Francisco where he like scolded Governor Gavin Newsom for his homeless problem and was basically saying, if you want this mess of drug addicts and people defecating on the street, you know, vote for Democrats because that's what they bring. And, you know, thought this was this so powerful. And Jessica Tarloff rightfully pointed out that Florida has the third worst homeless problem in the country. And um, Jesse Waters just flat out couldn't believe it. Now, I've been to Florida. I went on tour as a performer to Florida at one point, And I, that's how, how I learned that they had a pretty uh, New York City also has a homeless problem, but Florida has a homeless problem, pretty significant one. And the reason being Florida is the weather is nice year round and it's an easier place to live than like, uh, you know, Buffalo, New York, where it gets really, really cold. So a lot of people will, they'll do is they'll save up for a bus ticket, go down to Florida uh, so they can, you know, because most homeless people don't have family, don't have any sort of resources, don't have any sort of safety net. But they can scrape up enough money for a bus ticket, which is not much. That's what they'll end up. So um, anyway, this is the clip. I included a brief, I edited it down so it would fit, clip from a local affiliate in Florida that basically broke down the homeless problem. Almost 10 cities where everyone's defecating and shooting fentanyl. Well, in Florida, I haven't seen them in Florida. Stop. Well, Show me the video. At Mar-a-Lago, maybe not. But Show if you go outside Mar-a-Lago. I have not seen Jesse, on our air ever... A homeless encampment where everyone's crazy on drugs in the state of Florida. Odds are, if it has the third highest homeless population in the country and it has good weather, that there are people living outside. You're in counting Texas. people in hammocks. You're not counting real homeless. I will take this as an utter victory that he has gone to these people are don't, in hammocks. It's an utter loss. It, it, I, I still think have not seen a video I, of anyone homeless in Florida. Well, someone in the control room, please find one because they're definitely out there. You it can't has the count past out ten people on the beach as homeless. <laughs> Temporarily I'm, I'm, unconscious. Yes. I'm embarrassed for you. All right. New at six now, I look at a growing problem in central Florida and the solutions to fix it. Right now, volunteers are out counting how many people are experiencing homelessness. New six's Catherine Silver has a look at the need for permanent housing and the push to get results. You can see it on the streets near Central Boulevard and Terry Avenue. Last year in Orange, Osceola, and Seminole counties, the total was up 7% from 2020, each number representing the real people, families, and children in need. We're anticipating those numbers will go up some this year because of the escalating rent costs that have made housing uh, unobtainable for more people, as well as the impact of the hurricanes, which took a lot of units offline. In the last four years, when you compare us to the, to the other 100 largest metropolitan areas, we've ranked seventh worst, we've ranked third worst, we've ranked worst. This year we're tied for second worst, meaning that we only have 18 units available for every 100 households. 
Jesse Waters is sort of peak entitled rich white man in that clip where he basically says, I haven't seen it, so therefore it doesn't exist. I haven't seen it on this network. Of course you haven't. So therefore it doesn't exist. Now, Florida has, you know, like any state has good parts and has bad parts. And it does have a homeless problem. It's had a homeless problem for many, many years. It's not new. Um, and Ron DeSantis probably should be worrying more about his own house than complaining about a state across the country. It's just, I don't really get that whole Newsom DeSantis feud. I think it's kind of silly, but whatever. So next up, we've got stories Fox News ignored. Every week, I compare the hours I watch on Fox News to five hours of the PBS NewsHour. These are the stories that PBS covered that Fox News did not. There's quite a few, so here we go. 96 people have died so far due to heat-aggravated conditions in India as the country experiences a brutal heat wave. Other areas of India are facing severe monsoon rains. About 14,000 people have fled to safer areas. In nearby China, rising temperatures broke records during its last heat wave. Ukraine liberated eight villages in the eastern part of the country as part of its counteroffensive against Russia. Russian opposition leader Alexei Navalny faces new charges, even while he's serving a nine-year prison sentence. The new charges include creating an extremist organization and financing extremist activities. After some of the worst violence the, in the occupied West Bank has seen in years, three Palestinian militants were killed by a rare Israeli drone strike. The Israeli military said it targeted a terrorist cell inside a suspicious vehicle. Hundreds of Israeli settlers have set fire to homes and cars in Palestinian towns in the West Bank following a week of violence in the area. Israeli police have made some arrests of settlers, but Yeshdin, an Israeli human rights group, have said that they were a drop in the ocean. The group has documented the burning of at least 30 Palestinian homes, 60 cars, a gas station, multiple shops, a mosque, and school throughout West Bank villages this week. PBS included a follow-up story about an overcrowded fishing boat crammed with hundreds of migrants that capsized off the coast of Greece. Hundreds are presumed dead. Officials have confirmed about 350 of the migrants were from Pakistan. Nine Egyptian men have appeared in court for their role in the tragedy. The UN adopted the Biodiversity Beyond National Jurisdiction Treaty, or BBNJ, the first ever legally binding international treaty that governs the high seas. It's aimed at protecting the environment and preventing disputes over natural resources as well as shipping. It needs to be ratified by 60 countries. In the U.S., that means the Senate would have to approve it. PBS produced a segment about 16 young people who are suing the state of Montana over the state's government's lack of movement to help prevent climate change. They are able to sue over a clause in the state's constitution that's supposed to promote conservation. Due to a recent heat wave, the Electric Reliability Council of Texas encouraged customers to conserve power to help prevent blackouts or a system failure. A federal judge struck down an Arkansas law that would ban gender-affirming care for minors as unconstitutional. Anti-trans legislation is facing legal challenges all over the country. Air India ordered 250 airplanes from Airbus and 220 from Boeing. The company plans to improve air service and expand its domestic and international network. A blood-red species of insects called Mormon crickets have blanketed Elko, Nevada. 
The bugs show up periodically in the area and can swarm every 10 to 15 years and should remain there in the area until mid-August. Russia says it downed three drones outside of Moscow. Russia's self-defense ministry claimed it was an unsuccessful attempt at a terrorist attack by the Kiev regime on its facilities in the Moscow region. Ukraine did not confirm the attack. The IRS reduced its backlog on paper returns by 80% and slightly improved answering phone calls from 11% to 35%. Though through the climate, health care, and tax legislation signed into law by President Joe Biden last year, the IRS received $80 billion for tax collection efforts, although $20 billion was clawed back as part of the debt ceiling compromise. The Supreme Court is about to rule on Biden's student loan forgiveness program and affirmative action in universities, as well as other cases. The court recently sided with the Biden administration over its role in setting guidelines for arrest and deportation of immigrants. Justice Alito took an undisclosed fishing trip with Paul Singer, a billionaire donor who later had business before the court. Jack Taxiera, a 21-year-old Air National Guardsman, pleaded not guilty to leaking classified documents. He was indicted last week by a federal grand jury on six counts of willful retention and transmission of national defense information. Former President Donald J. Trump's recent deal to build a real estate development with the country of Oman raises ethical concern. Trump was brought into the deal by a Saudi real estate company, which is closely intertwined with the Saudi government. About six months after Trump left office, his son-in-law, Jared Kushner, received $2 billion for an investment venture from the same fund that was connected to the real estate deal. About 8,000 revelers celebrated summer solstice at the Stonehenge Monument in southern England. Some Druids, modern-day spiritualists linked to the ancient Celtic faith, performed rituals at the site. A bridge connecting the rest of Ukraine to Crimea was badly damaged by Ukrainian missiles. There were no casualties. PBS produced a segment about a slavery reparations program in Evanston, Illinois. The program is partially funded by taxes on cannabis. The first phase involved giving 16 residents $25,000, which was used for housing grants and property improvements. Future payments will include direct deposits that residents can spend however they see fit. A former U.S. representative from Texas, Will Hurd, a Republican, announced his candidacy for president last week. Although Fox does spend a lot of focus and airtime on various Republicans running for president, I didn't see a single mention of Hurd on any program last week. <laughs> PBS produced a segment about the legal status of undocumented immigrants covered by the Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals, also known as DACA. The program was set up during the Obama administration to help immigrants who were brought to the U.S. as children stay in the country. It is currently being challenged in court, putting DACA recipients in limbo. This year, there have been two tropical storms in the first month of hurricane season. This is the first time that's happened since record-keeping began in 1851. The U.S. Justice Department filed criminal charges against four Chinese chemical manufacturing companies and eight individuals over allegations they illegally trafficked in chemicals used to make fentanyl. The section of I-95 that was recently destroyed in an accident in Pennsylvania has already been rebuilt, surprising experts who predicted it could take months to fix the busy highway. Now, 
none of those stories. And I listened, and again, I watched 26 hours of Fox and none of those stories were included in Fox. None of them, not even on the legit news shows, none of them. Now we're gonna move on to the last section of the podcast, which is by the numbers, where I compare the top five categories that were discussed on Fox News with the top five categories on PBS NewsHour. People sometimes ask why PBS, because PBS, partly because it gets a little bit of public funding, a very small amount, it goes out of its way to be straight down the middle, nonpartisan. And they really do a great job. It's high quality news. I tell everybody to watch PBS. If you are sick of partisan media, watch PBS. You might get, maybe you don't like the artist profiles. They, they do quite a bit of them, like dancers, singers, artists, composers, sculptors, poets, whatever. Um, they love them. They, it's a huge feature on PBS. I'm a big fan. But um, just the, it, the quality of the news is so good, and they include a lot of international stories that Fox completely ignores every single week. So for Fox, top five stories included Hunter Biden, 22% of its airtime, 7% the Russia Wagner Rebellion, and that's only because I am including the weekend hours that I picked up uh, into this graph. The Titanic submarine, 6%. Anti-Biden, that's just general, he's, he's dumb, he's senile, whatever. 4%, and then trans athletes, for some reason, was really important. 4%. PBS NewsHour, top five topics by percentage were artist profile. And again, I sort of just described that. That's 10%. The Titanic sub, 8%. Uh, one year anniversary of the end of Roe v. Wade. It was 6% again. Cultural battles in school boards was 5%. That was a um, piece that Judy Woodruff produced that was very, very well done. And then finally... Believe it or not, 5%, the Hunter Biden plea deal. So suck it, Fox. Always screaming that no one covers the stories you cover. They do. They just don't push nonsense. So the last graph of this section were words used on Fox. And again, this is a much larger sample. This is 26 hours. So the numbers are bigger. But Biden staggering 790 times. Hunter, 433. Russia, 276. Trump, 257. China Chinese, 219. Crime, 116, which that's actually pretty low for 26 hours. Putin, 104. Laptop, 77. Border, 58. DeSantis, only mentioned 29 times. Submarine, 28 times. Hillary, why? Why is she being mentioned at all? 26 times. Just always laugh at that. RFK Jr., 26 times. Tim Scott, 21 times. The, the phrase two-tiered, which we heard at the beginning there, 16 times. Fetterman is becoming the new AOC. He was mentioned 14 times. Inflation, 11 times. Whistleblower, eight times. And AOC only made the list twice. She's falling. She's falling. It's all about Fetterman now. So this week, I'll be capturing Fox and Friends, the five Fox News Tonight and the Ingram Angle. And I apologize profusely for this. I should finally... Finish up with Who is Hunter Biden Part 3 for my paid subscribers. It's just been Trump, as I put in the... I'm literally going to read what I wrote. Trump keeps screwing up my plans. Last week, he had the interview with Brett Baer, and then the Russians almost had a civil war. So it's been tough to keep up. And it has been. And that's it. And thank you so much for listening. It's a little bit longer than I'd like. But uh, if you'd like to become a paid subs subscriber, you can go to my Substack or my Patreon for Decoding Fox News. Uh, I appreciate anything. Uh, it's amazing. I'm so thankful for my supporters. My cats, Odin and Thor, also send their love. 
And I'll just do a quick Judge Janine, since I didn't get her in yet. And I got an exciting thing I'm going to do. For I just ordered Carrie Lake's uh, memoir. It's a used copy, so don't worry, I'm not giving her money. And I'm planning to do some snippets of me impersonating Carrie Lake reading from her memoir. And true, this is what I'm going to do. Carrie Lake, I'm going to read from my memoir. God damn it, and you're going to love it. Okay, thank you so much. I'll see you at the next podcast.